Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to be talking about worst case scenario, half the country being labeled domestic terrorists and how the Democrats plan on accomplishing that task. But before we get started, go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and please go to notcensoredyet.com slash donate. You'll find links available where you can contribute to the show, help us grow, uh, produce consistent content, and help us stay free from outside influence. So let's get started. This article is from nationalreview.com, January 23rd from Brittany Bernstein. Tulsi Gabbard, domestic terrorism bill is a targeting of almost half the country. The former Democratic representative from Hawaii on Friday expressed concern that a proposed measure to combat domestic terrorism could be used to undermine civil liberties. Gabbard's comment came during an appearance on Fox News primetime when host Bill or Brian Kilmeade asked her if she was surprised they're pushing forward with this extra surveillance on would-be domestic terror. It's so dangerous, as you guys have been talking about. This is an issue that all Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians should be extremely concerned about, especially because we don't have to guess where this goes or how this ends. It's almost like it's not the first time one group has gone after the minority party and it did not end well, friends. She continued. When you have people like former CIA director John Brennan openly talking about how he's spoken with or heard from appointees and nominees in the Biden administration who are already starting to look across our country for these types of movements similar to the insurgencies they've seen overseas that, in his words, he says, make up the unholy alliance of religious extremists, racists, bigots, he lists a few others, and at the end, even libertarian. So even your political affiliation is not safe. They'll come after you just because you did not vote blue. Vote blue or they'll come after you. That will be the the chant. She said her concern lies in how officials will define the characteristics they are searching for in potential threats. What characteristics are we looking for as we are building this profile of a potential extremist? What are we talking about? Religious extremists? Are we talking about Christians, evangelical Christians? What is a religious extremist? Is it somebody who is pro-life? Where do you take this? Gabbard said. She said that the proposed legislation could create a very dangerous undermining of our civil liberties. No shit our freedoms and our constitution, and a targeting of almost half of the country. All right, so let's go to where this was a video I've been wanting to do for a couple weeks. Actually, before I even started the channel, this was what I wanted to have my first video on, but I felt it would have been a little too tin cap-ish. It just sounded a little too conspiracy theory-ish, but now that this is gaining steam in the public forum, I feel like it's ready to be brought out in the light. I feel like when I'm starting to connect the dots of what's happening with that New York State bill of detaining any communicable disease, because the argument can be made that thought is a disease. If you look it up, there's articles stating that Trumpism is contagious. And if something is contagious and it's bad for the public safety or the public health, 
then they can detain you in the state of New York if that bill passes for 60 days at a time without a court order. And you're forced to receive any sort of medical treatment for that. So this was submitted to the OPE at the end of November from the Secular Democrats of America. And what so if this was just from a normal pack, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But this was pre- presented by the House Free Thought Caucus to Biden and Harris, which is bananas. So this has congressional support. So this is an extremist literature. This is extremist stuff in this piece. And I'll show you why. But you have three House representatives backing this proposal and and presented this to the now president and vice president of the United States of America, Jamie Raskin, Jared Huffman, and Jerry McNerney. I hope I pronounced that right. Honestly, I don't care. So I'll read the the first page of the preamble because it's pretty important. And then I'll break down through the article and hit the spots where I cringed while I read it. I could not believe that this would slip between the cracks. And and I understand why the mainstream media wouldn't pick it up. But I've even gone to conservative news outlets and influential, like blue checkmark people, uh, conservatives, libertarians. I was like, hey, you need to read this. And all of them said, dude. This makes no sense. None of this is going on because this was late December, early January. This was before the Capitol and before the reaction to that. And now I'm just jumping up and down. I'm like, hey, remember me? I've talked to you guys. This is important. We need to get this out there. We need to shut this down before it gains traction quietly in the background because that's all it takes when you have the majority in the legislature, in the legislative branch. So... The Secular Democrats of America PAC has prepared this document for the Biden-Harris campaign to provide recommendations that will not only reverse the damage done by the Trump administration and sidebar uh, this. Actually, they want to undo a lot of damage done by the uh, Obama-Biden administration as well because they consider them a little too lenient on religion, but boldly restore a vision of constitutional secularism and respect in the land for religious and intellectual pluralism. We urge you to lead our nation on a path that revives the founders' vision of religious freedom in our government and promotes a unifying patriotic pluralism, not dogmatic religious chauvinism in American society. We believe that this is a moment not to only enact policies that advance constitutional secularism, but to position the Democratic Party to take back the mantle of religious freedom and pluralism for the Republican Party. As people of private religious faith and public constitutional faith, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris can bridge the deep divisions that President Trump has exploited and exacerbated over the past four years. Biden and Harris can bring millions of Americans of all faiths and millions of non-religious, excuse me, of non-religious Americans together around a shared vision of government seeking the common good while defending religious pluralism and the unbridled freedom of conscience. We urge you not to underestimate the institutional strength of what we refer to interchangeably. So this is extremely important. This paragraph is one of the most disgusting things I've ever read. We urge you not to underestimate the institutional strength of what we refer to 
interchangeably in this document as the Christian nationalist movement or the religious right. Keep in mind, they're saying that American nationalism is a domestic terror threat, and I'll prove it to you here in a little bit. This movement is extraordinarily well-funded and well-organized, and the manifestation of its extreme and sectarian agenda, its extreme agenda, is on constant display under the Trump-Pence administration. Its political ideology is anti-democratic and anti-scientific. It provides constant cover for white supremacy. Ding, 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 guys. They nailed it on the head. And it advances a reactionary economic policy tax policy, and dominionist view of the environment that undermines our capacity and will to address the climate crisis. Its agenda rests on a pinched interpretation of biblical principles preached by the Christian nationalist, right? Christian nationalist leadership and thought leaders. With their political agenda sanctioned by a higher power, their base of support is disciplined, motivated, and deeply committed to a vision that does not align with our basic constitutional values and democratic principles. We ask that you counter this movement's narrative by actively working to dismantle its grip on our government and counter its inaccurate and revisionist messaging around our nation's founding. It is no longer enough just to champion the rights of minorities and the marginalized communities or to promote inclusion and equality. We urge you. So if you're not promoting inclusion and equality, what are you promoting then? Because at that point, then you are crushing something else. If you don't want everything to be equal, then you want if you're not promoting equality, then you're promoting inequality, which I feel the government promoting inequality is extremely dangerous. We urge you to champion America's original constitution, constitutional secularism and the separation of church and state, which is not something originally put in the Constitution. That was something from a Supreme Court case as core governing principles that protect religious freedoms for people of all faiths and none at all. We implore you to help educate the American public by reasonably defining what religious freedom really means. That every American has the right to practice his or her religion without interference. That is actually the First Amendment. They interpreted the First Amendment incorrectly and now they're interpreting interpreting it correctly now it's in, it's bananas but no religious group can impose religious dogma or orthodoxy on other citizens and other faiths and belief systems which would be your um, your free practice clause um, or your freedom of association Americans of all spiritual faiths and of secular beliefs must recognize that the founding constitutional principles of religious free exercise and no establishment of religion are intertwined and stand best when they stand together. So I completely agree with that last sentence. Religious free exercise and no establishment of religion, which means don't stick your little government fingers in to religious organizations and try to manipulate them to do what you want them to do. The constant entanglement of religion and government promoted by the religious right and intensified by the Trump administration sweeps far beyond hot-button culture war issues like abortion and uh, contraception. It permeates every aspect of government policy, healthcare, public, and private education, foreign policy, tax policy, environmental policy, military policy, and more, all of which will be addressed in this document. As far as the military policy, they just say that they want a humanist um, 
uh, chaplains, which I agree with. You want someone that's really not affiliated with religion. There's a lot of people in the military who are not very religious after what they go through. A lot of them go through crisis of faith. I was one of them. So I that's that's something I can get on board with. Just don't don't take away from somebody else. If that makes any sense, if you're going to have to for for me personally, I don't I I had no problem speaking to a religious chaplain of any faith because being of no faith, I didn't because the chaplains respected you not having faith in the military. Um, But that's just my personal uh, opinion. A lot of them would say, do you mind if I pray for you? And I was like, well, of course not, because I understand that it's they're respecting me. They feel like I need help and they feel that them praying for me will support me in a time of need. And I actually appreciated it even not being a religious individual, uh, excuse me, a religious individual. Policy divisions that should be, or policy decisions that should be guided by science and evidence on matters ranging from climate change to comprehensive sex education to federal funding for some stem cell research have been skewed or blocked entirely by powerful religious interest groups and further undermined at every turn by the Trump administration. And then you talk about how Trump uh, fumbled the COVID-19 thing, basically blaming it on religion. Um, But I don't believe that was the case. I believe the president of Mexico did. I believe he said, uh, I prayed and uh, we'll be good. I have family that lives in Mexico and they told me that's what happened. And they were actually fairly upset about that. So section one, government funding, evidence-based, non-sectarian and non-discriminatory. So I'm going to talk about the things that they want to reverse, reverse all executive orders, rules, memoranda, and other actions that exempt faith-based organizations contracting with the federal government from non-discrimination requirements that apply to secular organizations, including employment discrimination. So later in the document, I'm not going to dig into it. I'm not going to read it for you. But basically what they say, they want to have lady priests and they also want Basically, um, they talk about you have a half a billion dollar organization. They're talking about the Catholic Church in the United States and how they don't provide um, contraceptives to them. But why would nuns need contraceptives? It boggles the mind. Uh, This includes the following. Please see appendix for additional examples. Dismantle the Department of Justice Religious Liberty Task Force. Dismantle the HHS Conscious and Religious Freedom Division. Repeal Executive Order 13798, promoting free speech and religious liberty and reverse its implementation across various executive agencies. That's always good when the government wants to rescind something that promotes free speech. Rescind and replace the Department of Justice Memorandum, Federal Law Protections for Religious Liberty. We urge your administration to uh, Disincentivize state funding for programs that are not evidence-based and which could cause harm by spreading misinformation, such as crisis pregnancy centers and abstinence-only education programs. These programs are an ineffective use of taxpayer dollars, and they cause demonstrable harm to vulnerable communities. So on this one, I understand where they're coming from. Something in Texas that kind of bothered me. I believe when I went through high school, they taught abstinence only. And I'm of the belief that sex is fun. 
Um, but if you participate in sex and you don't want to get pregnant, you should wear a condom and schools should promote that. And, and honestly, condoms should be available because it is embarrassing. Not that it's embarrassing to buy condoms, but when you're when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, a, a lot of kids, I know I was, I was self-conscious buying condoms. And it would have been nice to have a basically just a vending machine in high school. Um, but I'll leave uh, the flashback in the past. In section two, restoring constitutional secularism and scientific integrity, Donald Trump has empowered the religious right in ways no other administration has before, making significant advances in enacting their Christian nationalist agenda. There it is again, friends, nationalism. The following recommendations serve not just as a guide to reversing these policy, but to proactively implement policies that restore secularism to federal governance and disentangle entrenched religious interests from federal property. I'm going to jump down to restoring constitutional secularism. Work with the Attorney General to reverse former Attorney General Jeff Sessions' memorandum on federal law protections for religious liberty so they want to take away freedoms they want to take away protections that does not sound good i understand if you want to allow more freedoms for secularists but why does that have to come at the so the argument is being made that it's not a sum zero game it's not you are losing some in order for somebody else to gain more but in this case it's obviously what's going on they want to take away protections they want to take free speech protections. They want to take protections for uh, religious liberty in the name of secularism, which is, in, in if I was a Christian, if I was a, a practicing Christian, my wife is a Catholic, but if I was a practicing uh, Christian, I would, I'm still concerned about it because this is an extremely slippery slope, but I would basically say, why are you taking away my rights? Just give them more rights. It's, it's not, there's not just a set of 100 laws that can only be passed for religious freedoms and we can't have 101. No, you can pass 100 laws for secularism. It's fine. Pass executive orders uh, promoting that, uh, giving them protections for whatever situation you feel like they need protections for. I don't understand this some zero game that they're playing in its place issue a memorandum instructing all executive agencies to interpret religious freedom in such a way that protects the separation of religion and government uh, prohibits discrimination on the basis of religion and prohibits government funding of explicitly religious activities oppose religious displays on government property and recognize this this issue's importance as a matter of basic constitutional respect that is not as it is sometimes portrayed only of concern to non-theists keeping the government from using religious symbols is as much about inclusion of embattled religious minorities as it is about respecting freedom of thought and the separation of church and state again separation of church and state was not something around that was around during our nation's founding so stop lying in this document friends and honestly, they're not really my friends, but uh, I'm going to stick with that because I don't want to say something mean and get in trouble. But again, why? Why does it matter? Again, so I'm a big advocate of free speech. If you say something I dislike, guess what? I have headphones. 
I will put my headphones in. I do not have to listen to you talk. My problem with shutting down expression and free speech is it tends to that tends to radicalize people because a lot of people believe if I'm catching flack, I am over target. I believe that's what those Q conspiracy theorists were saying. Man, if we're getting censored, it must be because we're hitting a nerve. And we're hitting a nerve because we're right and they know we're right. And and the storm is whatever that it, it was so bananas. Right. And you would just say random words, you know, like section and paragraph and constitutional. And eventually it would all come together. And, oh, my God, that was the plan. So. Allow them to be proven wrong or allow the opportunity. But if you're so insecure about your secularism, then perhaps it's a you problem and not a problem with a God fearing Christian. Appoint an attorney general to the Department of Justice who will support governors whose emergency declarations and or executive orders uh, require even-handed universal restrictions on indoor gatherings, including at houses of worship, to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. The Department of Justice must ensure that these orders are enforced without discrimination or preference and that houses of worship are treated the same as similarly 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 situated organizations and activities excuse me i'm so sorry about that so basically they so remember when um the churches in new york i believe uh sued the city of new york basically saying hey why are we shut down when all these other stores are open why are we only allowed to have 10 people when we're this huge church it makes no sense. You can have a little deli, have 10 people. Why are we stuck with 10 people, but we have 10,000 square feet? So they want to make it to where they're forced to only have 10 people. They're forced to comply with the government, which is the exact opposite of what they fight for, for separation of church and state. They want the state to come in and dictate how they practice their religion in the time of a, a pandemic, which, friends, the pandemic's not going away anytime soon. We were promised that the, and I'm going to do another then and now, we were promised that the virus was going to be crushed. We were promised that he was going to do twice as many vaccinations as Trump. And it turns out he's going to do just the same as Trump was doing. Nothing different. There was actually a plan and they're not doing anything different from that plan. So COVID is going to be around for a while. So all these restrictions that are just strangling small businesses, strangling these houses of worship, are is going to be a very big issue, and it needs to be addressed. Issue guidance that clarifies the duty and obligation of government officials to separate their personal religious rel- uh, beliefs from their work. That's bananas. So now you're telling government officials they can't while they're while they're giving a speech or while they're talking on the floor of the Senate, they can't say, well, I prayed this morning or blah, 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 because it is they're trying to enforce an obligation where they have to separate their personal religious beliefs from their work. Public services are inherently nonsectarian, and so are public offices and government property. We must establish a new standard for appropriate constitutional conduct by all public officials, whether a county clerk like Kim Davis or a U.S. cabinet official like Secretary 
Mike Pompeo, which puts the Constitution and the rights of taxpaying citizens first and ensues ensures that public officials never use their positions and offices to discriminate, proselytize, or promote religious dogma. Should the Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships be reestablished, ensure that it engages advisors from the full spectrum of the interfaith interfaith community, including the non-religious, includes humanists and other non-theistic communities and organizations as eligible for any faith-based community grants made available. So this kind of bothers me. So if you're if you're going to create a church a non-church church is that a thing i'm not too familiar with the humanist belief i'm not too familiar with all that i mean if that if that's a legitimate thing then let's push for it but i mean it's it sounds like again that they're creating a sum zero game out of nothing and um they're just mad that not everybody worship because it seems throughout the the a reoccurring theme throughout this is these bad white supremacist white Christian nationalists are non-believers of science. They believe in a book. They believe in nonsense. We don't believe in that, friends. We believe in something we can see. We believe in something we can touch. We believe in something we can measure. We believe in something that can be tested and confirmed. We believe in science. And we don't believe in something that's imaginary. So their religion is science. And it's just, it bothers me because they're basically saying, well, you know, we're secular. We're humanists. It's like, no, you're worshiping science as if it was the God of Christianity or the whatever of any other religion. And it's bananas that they're trying to in this it's a whole hit piece basically saying that christians are they just fall into dogma they don't trust the science even though i've met a lot of an ex- extremely intelligent christians who say because at the end of the day how can we prove that all of this at the beginning was just created from a big bang what if something started it so and that's where their ba- where their faith comes from. And you know, in philosophy, you have certain theories about um, God the Creator, which is basically God is a being that only creates things. So maybe they didn't do the all the 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 Holy Trinity and stuff of Christianity, but it was just an omnipotent being that whose sole purpose it's not even omnipotent. It's just a being whose sole purpose it is to create something and they created the universe in which we live and that's probably one of the most logical if if somebody were to create the universe in my opinion i would believe that one um uh probably a little more easily than some other options that were available it seems a lot more uh believable than two random atoms hitting in a vacuum of nothing of nothing infinite nothing so We're scrolling down to the end of page 12, because this is where it gets interesting, friends. 
instruct the Department of Education to be responsive to religious freedom complaints and update the current guidelines to clarify the constitutional boundaries of religious expression in public schools as the nation becomes increasingly diverse and particularly with the rapid increasing number of religiously unaffiliated Americans. Such guidance should emphasize the impact of these issues on non-religious and religious minority students. While affirming students' right to pray in school is important, counter to the religious rights rhetoric, it is not under threat. And I'm going to stop that right there. Again, not a practicing Christian, but I have seen more times than not where people are told not to pray. People are not allowed to bend the knee to pray because they they say, hey, that makes other people feel excluded. So yes, that is under threat. If you don't feel the need to participate in that, then don't participate in that. And But don't get upset when if you feel like you're left out, because guess what? You are being left out because you are not participating in that. That's the way the world works. If you don't participate in an activity that 80% of the people in that group participate in, guess what? You're part of the 20% that's left out of that group. The updated guidance should expand upon the importance of balancing free exercise rights with schools' constitutionality or constitutionally required adherence to the Establishment Clause and help school administrators and educators understand the increasingly diverse student body they serve. So they need to go to CRT training, of course. Suggest the Attorney General confer with the Department of Office of Legal Counsel to issue a memorandum regarding enforcement of the Establishment Clause in public schools, including including students' protection from school-sponsored proselytizing and teaching accurate evidence-based secular curriculum rather than creationism in the schools. So the problem is, with the secular curriculum, it still doesn't have all the answers. And that's... Wherein lies the problem, right? So you have an issue with the Big Bang. So the you have one school of thought where God created the world in seven days, and it you have your various other versions amongst the other religions. But the, from the Christians that I know, unless you're just really weird and you think the world's only 10,000 years old, they understand the concept that a day to God is not a day as in, like, it took seven days to create the world. Um, it wasn't just a, like a Monday through Sunday type thing. It was maybe that one day took a million years for the world to form. And then that day two was another million years. It could be longer, right? Um, so it could possibly not be any different than secular curriculum, but it just says there was an intelligent creator as opposed to just a random stuff happening and then Darwinism occurring from there on out. So again, I have issues when there's something up for debate. I believe that a good school should teach both schools of thought because that's how you get well-rounded students. You need to know the theist and the non-theist approach to a lot of things so you can bridge that gap so you understand where somebody's coming from. Because if you only understand the non-theist side, if you think theists are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, you're never going to com- uh, be able to communicate with them. You're just going to think of them as something less than. You're going to think of them as 
Bible grabbers not trusting in science and a threat to public safety because they don't believe in what you believe. They believe in something less. They don't believe in something that can be tested. Their faith is what is tested. So this last paragraph on page 13 is something that really disturbs me. And let me know what you think in the comments down below. The rise of white Christian nationalism is a national security threat. So remember, the religious right is a shield or is, it gives cover to white supremacy. So the rise of white Christian nationalism is a national security threat. We recommend you encourage the Department of Homeland Security and Department of Justice to dedicate resources to de-radicalization programs aimed at hate groups, including but not limited to white nationalists, increase monitoring of such groups, including the online environment, and take action to address increased hate crimes toward minority faith communities and shift rhetoric to label violent white nationalist extremists as terrorists. Holy God, that sounds exactly what's going on right now. And I'm so glad I do not have to wear a tinfoil cap anymore because James Clapper proved me right. I knew this was going to happen. And if you want to get real conspiratorial, uh, perhaps they're finding left-wing agitators that were involved in that crowd. So we don't, we still don't know everything that was going on. And suspiciously, there are lots of people not having charges filed against them that were found to have been in the Capitol building. And why is that, friends? Why are they not having charges? If they're being called domestic terrorists, uh, nationalist extremists, why? Why are there no charges being brought up upon them? I don't know. And not knowing really bothers me. Section three. So remember where they said they want to talk about their international policy? And I said, wait till they want to, till they're talking about internationally and they just want to take away everybody's religious rights? So this is, this is where I think it's going. Religious freedom abroad. Thousands of people of all religious faiths and none at all, or sorry, and none at all are suffering under religious oppression, including imprisonment, execution, and state-sanctioned mob violence for blasphemy, heresy, heresy, and apostasy all over the world. The United States and its allies should take the lead in freeing people from religious imprisonment and persecution and defending the dignity and equal rights of all believers and non-believers at home and abroad. So we as America need to tell other countries because I'm old enough to remember when it was considered uh, Islamophobe to go to Afghanistan and Iraq and that we shouldn't tell them to not practice their religion in a certain way because that was Islamophobic. I'm old enough to remember that because I was a kid and growing up and then having deployed as a young man, I remember even being told that while I was 20 and 21 years old. So it's insane that now Democrat lawmakers are pushing for this. So it's not, not wanting to change them. They just want to get rid of it. Appoint, appoint a non-religious representative to the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom as your administration recommits 
the U.S. to its longstanding tradition of accepting and welcoming refugees, please ensure that atheist asylum cases, often individuals who are the target of persecution through blasphemy, apostasy, heresy laws, are given special consideration as a persecuted group. Why should they be given not saying like why should they be given special consideration but is it they should receive special consideration over christians in an in a muslim country that are being persecuted for the sole reason of being muslim or should they just be given the same special consideration that christians receive if they're being persecuted in a muslim country so Words matter, friends. It sounds like they should be given a special consideration above all other groups. Which, again, makes it sound like atheists is a, like the, the religion of atheism. It, it's bananas. Work with Congress to pass House Resolution 512. Senate Resolution 458, a bipartisan resolution that calls for the global repeal of blasphemy, apostasy, and heresy laws. So they want the U.S. to dictate what the rest of the world does, friends. In June 2020, Tahir Nassim, a U.S. citizen who was lured to Pakistan and imprisoned for two years on charges of blasphemy, was murdered by a vigilante while on trial. The United States must send a strong message that this heinous violation of human rights is unacceptable and leverage its influence abroad to advocate the right to religious freedom for believers and non-believers alike. So now the United States needs to go tell other countries that, hey, we understand that your country is founded in Islamic law. The laws of your nation are founded in the it's, it's Islamic belief. And screw that. We don't care. You need to allow this. And we're going to, that'll go well. That's, that's all I'm going to say. That'll go well, friend. So, section four patriotism, pluralism, and sincere inclusion, protecting the rights and dignity of non theists. Government plays an important role in setting the agenda for public discussion. And when it does, it should do so in a way that is non sectarian and as inclusive as possible. Words matter. I agree, people. Words do matter. And there is language ingrained in our culture that has a profound effect on how Americans see ourselves as a nation and how they view their fellow Americans. For far too long, the non-religious has been stigmatized, marginalized, and scapegoated. I don't believe so. I don't believe we do witch trials on atheists. The Obama administration took historic steps to include our community. However, there is much more that can be done to truly and sincerely include our constituency. Below are recommendations for ways to ensure that your administration's outreach and rhetoric send a message of inclusion to our huge and diverse community and demonstrate to elective, uh, to elective officials, faith and community leaders across the nation what true pluralistic engagement looks like. Disentangle the conflation of faith and patriotism. So they want to take away God and country, and they basically want to. Uh, basically, they say it's uh, it's like a McCarthyism type thing, and so they want to bring back e pluribus unum. I understand that. Uh, they also want to have more inclusion for non theists and all events. Um, but and then here's a whole list of why of uh, the appendix of the laws 
and executive orders that they want repealed. And so this is stuff from 20 some. So a lot of these executive orders were all from Trump. And then this U.S. Department of Agriculture was from Obama Biden. So they said Trump was the enemy, but it's actually a lot of this stuff was from Obama Biden. Um, U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, they want to go into the U.S. Department of Education. A lot of this stuff is also Obama-Biden, uh, U.S. Department of Energy. And this is uh, this report used inaccurate calculations to justify its inclusion that coal power plants are essential during severe weather conditions. The authors uh, were reportedly pressured to positively portray the net benefits of coal. So this isn't just a religious thing. This is also they're pushing the religion of science, like I said, uh, the EPA, uh, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, U.S. Department of Justice, U.S. Department of Labor, U.S. Department of State, U.S. Department of the Interior, the VA, the U.S. Agency for International Development, Small Business Administration, and they talk about the membership of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus. So this is my longest video I've done so far, friends. And that was a lot of reading. I'm not going to lie. Hopefully I didn't read you to sleep. But like I said, this is extremely important. I thought I was crazy. I believed I was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I felt like I was going down, seeing how far the rabbit hole went until all these little pieces started coming together. All it took was Clapper basically saying, hey, we need to label these people as extremists and terrorists. And I was like, I know I've read that before. I know I've read that Christians are extremists and terrorists. I just had to find this document. And Gabbard brought up a good point and where she even pointed out where Clapper stated, even so even if you're not religious friends, they're even talking about going after your political affiliation because eventually it's going to come after you. So if you liked what you heard, uh, go ahead and hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Like I said earlier, uh, you can uh, donate to notcensoredyet.com slash donate. You'll find links available to help contribute to the show. I'm going to do more research for my next then and now video. I'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Bye.